eyes on the ground, Nix. So he taught you about vampires? Yeah. He ever take you down? No, we're not like her down. So what do you do? Pest control. Above ground only. Bastard. Oh, be careful about teasing Shanika about your blood hunting. I'm not a blood hunter. What stopped him? He's not following law. Same law that says women can't hold boomerangs. And you choose to piss your life away. Oh, shut up. I hunt vampires my own way. <laughs> There's a king vampire here in town. Get your fighting face on. Huh? I'm scared every day of losing you. Can't you just pull up like a normal person? Oh, hero's life, Neeks. I didn't choose it. Chose me. That's the trailer for Firebite. Hello and welcome to what is the final episode of the Cinema Australia podcast for 2021. My name is Matthew Eels. My guest in this episode is filmmaker Brendan Fletcher, who joins us to discuss the new series Firebite, which he co-created and co-directed with the great Warwick Thornton. Firebite stars Rob Collins, Shantae Barnes-Cohen, Cullen Mulvey, Kelton Pell and Nairi Pigram and follows the Vampire King who arrives to the last colonial stronghold in a remote Aboriginal mining town. With a lot of violence and to the backing of a truly rock and roll soundtrack, it's up to two Aboriginal renegades, Tyson and Shanika, to stop and end the bloody 230-year-old war for land and power. I was very excited to be chatting with Brendan as I'm a huge uh, fan of his debut feature film Mad Bastards, which was released 10 years ago. If you haven't already seen Mad Bastards, I suggest you seek it out as it's a very special film. And also check out the soundtrack by the Pigram Brothers, which is just as good. In this episode, Fletcher reflects back on his Mad Bastards experience and uh, what he's been up to since then. And obviously we chat everything Firebite, including how he was introduced to Thornton, moving from film to television, and much more. Such are the joys of technology, this podcast was recorded during a press junket with other creatives who you can hear being interviewed by other media in the background. The background noise only lasts a few minutes, so keep listening. Uh, Firebite is now available exclusively on AMC+, Plus, which is a new streaming bundle available via Amazon Prime Video Channels and Apple TV Channels. You can catch new episodes of Firebite weekly. Uh, I've seen a few episodes and I highly recommend checking it out. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Anyway, enjoy. Brendan Fletcher, welcome to the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you with us. Thanks, Matthew. Good to be here. Hey, um, I feel like uh, Firebite has kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, I remember hearing not long ago that it was in production, but this week I haven't been able to click on a uh, on a news website or or, um, or a social media page without reading or hearing something about it. Uh, how does it feel knowing that it's uh, finally being released and that it's going to be out there in the public realm? 
Look, we are super excited that it's about to drop. Um, yes. I wish I could agree with you that I felt like it came <laughs> from nowhere, but Warwick and I wrote the first draft of the pilot script of this in 2014. So wow. this this uh, this has had a long journey, and uh, you know we just couldn't be happier that it's um, about to get the launch. It's getting very exciting. Oh, that's fantastic. So so how long was the shoot all up? Uh, we had an 82 day shoot, which yep. finished a couple of weeks ago. So you finished the shoot and then straight into um, straight into media. Well, yeah, I mean, not even just that, but we we were editing as we were shooting. So in order for us to be able to go on air so quickly, we were sort of finishing off the writing of the last episodes while we were shooting the first episodes and then editing editing those episodes while we're shooting the middle episodes and it's been a kind of uh it's been a big six months let's just say that so are you used to that way of working absolutely not <laughs> uh, i mean this the scale of this show um the speed of it um and i suppose just um the turnaround really is is breathtaking um, you know, both Warwick and I come from, you know, a film background and I've made a lot of documentaries. Uh, Warwick did a season of Mystery Road. Um, but uh, uh, there are TV shows, of course, that we'll shoot and ed edit at the same time. But, you know, we literally finished shooting the week before last and we're on air next week with the first you know we're, we're literally editing the last episode at the moment so with all of the other episodes the first seven are not just shot but in the can so before we uh, sink our teeth into firebite i want to i want to go back for a moment um i was excited to get the opportunity to have a chat with you because i'm such a big fan of uh, mad bastards uh, especially being from western australia you haven't made another feature film since mad bastards but can you tell us a bit about some of the ways you've been keeping yourself busy as a as a screen creative sure that's a really good question um because i've certainly been busy but yes. uh life as a filmmaker in Australia is uh, full of twists and turns. Mm. And I suppose a funny thing that happened to me after Mad Bastards was that, you know, it was a, it was a really big part of my life making that movie. And it was a bit of a kind of milestone and it was very difficult to make, but I was very proud of it. Mm. But the one thing that I thought after that, you know, after a couple of years and I finally kind of, you know, got my, got my bearings again, I really felt like I wanted to work on my writing. You know, I really felt like it was time to kind of go back to sort of screen craft and look at look at screenwriting. So, um, I have really kind of spent a bit of time crafting and getting better at writing. And it wasn't long after that that Warwick approached me about uh, working on Firebite, 2014, in fact. So, in the intervening years, you know, I made quite a few documentaries, uh, a lot of stuff for the ABC, you know, um, art shows uh, and, uh, you know, Warwick and I made a, a documentary together. We don't need a map um, for SBS, uh, the Sarah Blasco documentary I did for ABC, the Hannah Gadsby art show. So there's always kind of plenty of stuff like that that was literally keeping me busy uh, and doing television commercials. Um, at the same time, also did a collaboration with Del Catherine Barton, um, who's an artist, a painter. And uh, we made this kind of art film animation thing that was um, uh, a story of um, 
uh, Oscar Wilde's The Nightingale on the Rose. Uh, I guess it's sort of, you'd call it a short animation, which was amazing. You know, we had Jeffrey Rush and uh, Mia Wasikowska and David Wenham uh, as the, 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 the voice actors in that. And Sarah Blasco did the soundtrack. So there was always plenty going on, but in the background for me, uh, I was doing a lot of work on the page. And yes. I suppose I came to realize how important you know for me how important it is as a director to be a good writer mm. um i just really kind of felt like um a lot of the things that you're trying to work out on set or a lot of the things that you are talking to the cast about or the actors about are really about what's happening on the page yes. so if you can do as much thinking as you can before you get into that position on the page then you'll be better set up once you're shooting to actually um as a director make the most of that of that shoot or, or that scene or that location or that cast as you can so yeah it, it seems like a long time between drinks when you kind of go oh mad bus this was 10 years ago but um once you get a show like firebite up it doesn't matter how long it's taken yes that's right <laughs> um, because um, you know it is what it is and we're very excited about it I just want to go back on that for a, a moment, just talking about your writing. When you reflect back on Mad Bastards now, are you happy with the writing of that film? Oh, look, yeah. I think we're all critics, aren't we? Um, <laughs> what well, they say, they don't, you don't ever finish making a movie, they just take it away from you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say I'm completely happy with it, but I'm, I'm still proud of the work. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But when I look back, knowing what I know now, um, I think... All I can think is uh, I, I wish I had been the writer I am now then. Yes. So that's okay. You can't give yourself a hard time about that. You have to sort of look at your career as sort of a body of work and go, yes. well, that was good for that reason and now I'm going to do this. And I've learnt, I've learnt that from that project, so I'm now going to try and take that into this next step in my in my kind of practice. Fantastic. So look, look, very, very, very proud of that film. Like there's a lot... That is, is that is not about the writing that I love about that film, and it will yeah. always have a special place for me. And, and you know, I think for a lot of people, like yeah. we're, we're still getting good feedback about that. And in fact, you know, the Mad Bastards, um, there's an, an Indigenous men's health project that um, is now running and has been running um, for the last five or six years based on the movie right. where um, they screen the film and then talk about the sort of the themes of uh, men's health and community uh, that the characters illustrate yes. and um, that's something I'm super proud of. Ten years later that film was having that kind of life, you know, couldn't, couldn't be happy about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so you've uh, co-directed and co-written Firebite with the great Warwick Thornton. Uh, I'm curious to know how you two met and, and what's the origin of your mateship? Oh, look, I remember seeing Warwick's film Payback. Um, his short film would have been one of the first films he made in the mid-90s, probably about 1996. And it just blew me away. And I just remember thinking, who is this guy? He has got an incredible visual talent. And, you know... I was making short films at the same time and, you know, I guess we just, you know, moved in the same circles and, you know, had things at the same festivals. And um, I, you know, as you know, started doing a lot of work with Indigenous communities and with um, Aboriginal creatives and, you know, we just, we're just, you know, just in the same bunch of people, I suppose. Uh, we're also both music fans, so we connect a lot on kind of 
music and the music that we like is quite similar and quite diverse, but you know, we, we share the same music taste. And uh, in, what was it, 2015, we actually lived together for a year. Oh, wow. So it was not long after Warwick kind of came to me with the idea. We, um, we moved in together in a, a place in Newtown in Sydney. And um, I'll never forget, there was this big whiteboard up um, in the kitchen and we had all eight like kind of specked out on the whiteboard and people would come over for dinner and, you know, <laughs> we'd have quite a lot of friends over for, you know, parties or dinner or whatever. And there'd be this massive whiteboard with eight episodes of Firebite pegged out on it. And everyone was like, whoa, Vampire King does what? Like, what am I looking at here? And people would say, oh, how about, you know, everyone would chip in. And, you know, it was a really lovely time, actually. Like, I remember a lot of cooking and drinking wine and talking about Firebite um, long before it is what it is. But, yes. you know, it, I suppose all of that helped the feeling that we're doing this together, you know, and look, Warwick, Warwick is a, is a world-class talent and I'm, I love working with him. Um, but this is, this is an, an Indigenous story and I will always follow his lead and I'm thrilled that he's picked me as a partner and we have very different skill sets. Like Warwick has these razor sharp ideas that, you know, he drops like bombs and then walks out of the room. You know? <laughs> and, you know, I love sitting there and picking up the pieces and going, oh, what if we did this and connected that to that? And then, you know, structurally that'll work really well if we set that up there and pay it off there. And I suppose too, because, you know, my work with, you know, First Nations people across Australia is, um, you know, has, has played such a big role in my life and, and changed my life really. Like, I feel very okay about working in this space and I feel like, you know, um, Warwick's sort of invitation to me to work in this space is based on, you know, a deep friendship and a sense of respect for everything that I've done. So it's a really comfortable relationship and um, really exciting because we have different skills. We come from completely different backgrounds but we both have the same taste, you know, we both love the same kind of music and we both want to do the same kind of things with our films, which is to, um, you know, be cinematic, be arresting, be interesting and tell stories that um, have something to say. That's beautiful. You're a dream team, really, um, from an outsider's <laughs> perspective. Um, the idea of, um, of blood-sucking colonials slowly killing off the population of a remote Aboriginal community is the perfect fit for a, for a vampire genre. Uh, have you always wanted to explore the vampire genre on screen? No, no, I wouldn't say I have. Um, <laughs> I'm just more interested in ideas that are arresting. And um, I've, I, what I would say is I've always wanted to do action and I've always right. wanted to um, tell stories that speak to the world. And one thing Warwick says a lot about Firebite and us is that, you know, we've made some... <sighs> You know, he and I have both, you know, when we first talked about Firebite, it was not long after Samson Delilah and Mad Bastards came out. Yes. And he would say, bro, we like, we've made these, you know, authentic, gritty, important films. Let's make some rock and roll. You know? <laughs> Let's get out there and drive some fast cars and kill some vampires, man. You know, and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. You know, <laughs> and because the framework of Firebite is so, um, simple and elegant in its metaphor uh you know the vampirization of australia um the kind of you know the story of colonization told through the the, the lens of, of a vampire invasion mm. um no matter how much we just try and make this about rock and roll the the meaning is always there 
the metaphor is always there. It's, it's, it, even when we try not to think about it, it's right there in your face. Mm. So that's very liberating. And for us, it means that as filmmakers, we can kind of like stretch our genre muscles and, yes. you know, do action and do vampire movies and do all that kind of fun stuff. But there's no way we'd be making this film if it didn't have the, you know, the metaphors underneath it. It's just, it just wouldn't be Warwick and Brendan, you know, it would yes. be someone else making a vampire show. We're not interested in, we're not interested in making vampire shows. We're interested in making this vampire show, which yes. has something to say. Yeah. So, so did the metaphors happen organically or, or were, were you, uh, you know, putting a lot of thought and concentration into those? Well, they haven't organically, but let me paraphrase Warwick for a moment. Um, I know he came to me with, with a kind of 30-second pitch, mm. and it was, what if the vampires, what if we want to make a, I want to make a vampire hunter story, mm. and what if those vampires came to Australia on the first fleet? Mm. And when he sort of said the first sentence, I was like, Warwick Thornton wants to make a vampire story? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, that didn't make any sense to me at all. But then when he said, what if the vampires came to Australia on the first fleet? Yes. And as colonisation moved across Australia, so did the vampires, like a dark shadow. And I was like, my brain just exploded, you know? Yeah. I was just yeah. like, okay, now I get it. And now I'm really excited yeah. instantly. So, you know, he, we talked more about it and we talked about the fact that... Um, you know, the, the history books will tell you that there were vials of smallpox on those, on those first fleet boats. And the simple substitution for Warwick was, you know, what if the vials of smallpox were vampires? You know, yes. what if it's another weapon of mass destruction? Mm-hmm. And it allows us to, I mean, you could make that period drama about vials of smallpox. You could make a very important and earnest film, you know, that's, that's of a large scale. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Warwick's a radical, you know, yeah. and I'm attracted to that. You know, yeah. he wants yeah. to, he's done Samson Delilah and Sweet Country and rah, 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 the, you know, even We Don't Need a Map, the, yeah. the movie, the, the doco we made about the Southern Cross, you know. The dark side. He and, and, and to a certain extent myself have made those sort of inverted commas worthy films. Mm. Let's make a rock and roll vampire show where yeah. we can get AMC on board and we mm. can speak to the world about this story and not kind of have people shift uncomfortably in their seats and change the channel because it's difficult content. Let's have them lean in because they want to see the fast cars and they want to see that, you know, the kind of genre fun. And, you know, if you've seen the show, you know, it's a fun show. Yes. There's plenty of comedy in it. There's plenty of action in it. It's very fast moving and it doesn't labor the point. Um, It's kind of like, as, I, as the AMC guys who say to us, it's the vitamins and the ice cream, you know, yes. <laughs> let's actually, let's actually make some popcorn, but it's actually healthy for you. That's yeah. a, that's a cool thing to do. And that, that excites us every day. That's awesome. That is just awesome. Uh, Warwick told me once that he's really keen to make a Star Wars film. So hearing that he wanted to make a vampire movie doesn't, a uh, vampire series doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> I look forward to Warwick Thornton's version of Star, Star Wars. You're listening to the Cinema Australia podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud or cinemaaustralia.com.au. Um, so as the media, we were treated to an early look at a, at a handful of episodes and, uh, you know, you just spoke about the action and the violence and the humour and all of that's fantastic in this. As you said, as an audience, I felt like I was leaning into it. But I found that I was most engaged in these episodes during the moments of family connection 
uh, those moments yeah. between Rob and Shantae, they're just excellent. And, and the exploration of, uh, you know, psychological inheritance and loss of family and grief, uh, I, I just felt like they were the main strengths here. How important was it for you and Warwick to have that family component to this series? I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, the, the, the vampire side of it and the kind of thematic side of the, the, the cultural metaphor is, of course, super important. But for me, every, every movie, every TV show has got to have a heart, you know, and the heart of this show is the Tyson and Shanika family relationship. He is a kind of, you know, lifelong bachelor who has inherited this sort of sort of teenage girl because her family were killed by vampires and you know he doesn't really want to give up his kind of larrikin lifestyle um but he finds himself more and more committed to shanika this young girl he's raising as a vampire hunter and you know i think there's when you think about you know the great movies or the great tv shows you don't really remember necessarily plot twists or concepts. You remember character moments, you know, yes, and you yeah. remember character relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had this time and time again about this show, even as we were making it, even as we were shooting it, you know, when, when the crew were responding to the scenes that we shoot, they respond to Tyson and Shanika. Same mm -hmm. in the edit suite. The editors were the same, you know. So that is the absolute heart of the show. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful compliment to the fantasy it's a reprieve from the kind of the violence of the vampire hunting. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the same time, you know, we never go too far into a, into, into sort of drama um, or God forbid melodrama yeah. because we just stay in that long enough to, to kind of satisfy you and to connect you on a kind of human or organic level. Mm -hmm. And then they jump in the WRX and go and kill some vampires. So <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's, it's a, kind of a really delicate balance and we've found that as we're making it but yes we've known from the very beginning that that balance is um that is the show you know it's not it's not you know sometimes you see those big high concept movies and they have a fabulous idea or, or tv shows a fabulous idea in them but they feel after you get to sort of halfway through and you're like it's heartless, yeah, you know, yeah. like I just, I respect the film and it's intelligent and I appreciate it, but I'm looking for something human I can connect to in this. Mm. So yeah, that's, that's the balancing aspect that, that we had to work with on Fiber, and I'm really proud of. And the cast bring huge amounts to that. Oh, it's um, an incredible cast. It's just so charming and heartwarming on screen. And, and, and he, the humour that he brings to it. And most people would be used to, you know, the Rob Collins, who's on television right now in Total Control, <laughs> as the sort of nice guy, intelligent sidekick sort of person. I mean, so many of the roles that he gets are very straight, you yes. know? Yeah. And you meet Rob in person. He is the kindest gentleman, you know, that you could ever imagine. Mm. And nothing like Tyson Walker in Firebite. <laughs> but he's such a great actor that man does he pull it off you know yeah. and and it's and you see i see rob enjoying that on set you know yeah. i think the more he's gone into it the more he you know, the better he gets yeah and yeah. then you see um shante who plays shanika this girl's a movie star like she watch is. this space you know yes. from the very yes. first time we saw her her tape it was like okay 
less is more with Shante. Yeah. We don't have to do very much with her. Just point her in the right direction and support her, give her some direction, and she will knock your socks off. Like, yes. Yeah. Seriously, she has done a role in Total Control. She's done a bit of a couple of movies, but um, she's done nothing of this scale, and she, you know, is going to be one of the greats. Yeah, I, sure. I caught um, I caught Wormwood Apocalypse a few weeks ago, and I wrote in my review that she is one certainly to keep an eye on. Her screen presence is just electric. Um, uh, and it got me wondering about the other cast as well. Like you, you're working here again with Nairi and uh, Callan's here, who was in uh, Mystery Road with Warwick Thornton and a few others that, mm. that you have both worked with before. Uh, did, mm. Do you even bother hiring a casting director for something like this or do you just call up your mates and say, hey, do you want to be in it? <laughs> it's a bit of both. Um, uh, you can, When you're working on this scale, you can never call up your mates and say, do you want to be in it? You can call mm. up your mates and say, hey, do you want to do an audition for this role? <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, that's what I love about this show is that we've got this collision of actors, as you say, like Kelton Pell or Nairi or even Greg Tate from Mad Bastards, mm. you know, who are, who are very strong performers but are not well known sort of in, in terms of their casting profile. And then you've got Callum Mulvey and yeah. Yale Stone, you know, who are bona fide, you know, uh, Australian actors who've worked on big studio pictures and American TV shows mm -hmm. and kind of, kind of putting them together and stirring them up in the same pot. We're throwing elements together that don't belong together or that you've yeah. never seen together. It's, it's, a, it's a vampire genre, but it's a story of Aboriginal culture. Smash that together, you know. It's uh, the, the landscape of Cooper Pedy and the wild expanse of remote Australia. But it's a genre movie where the bar has got like New York style neon signs out the front. So visually, <laughs> we're kind of throwing elements together. And even cast wise, the movie stars in with blackfellas who come from, you know, Halls Creek, you know, or up in Darwin or wherever they come from, they come from kind of remote places and bring all of that truth and that realism to the screen. It's, it's super exciting. And, you know, I think. Warwick and I are super proud of that. No, you should be. You really should be. Uh, I've got a couple more questions here. How do you share directing duties on a TV set? Uh, I've been on TV sets before and, and you often see a lot of discussions being had between creatives. Can you talk us about the process of sharing directing duties uh, with Warwick on this? Sure. So... So Warwick directed the first four episodes of the show. Uh, five and six are directed by Tony Kravitz and then seven and eight are directed by myself. Um, you know, Warwick and I spent as much time on set as possible, no matter who was directing. And because yeah. Warwick was the cinematographer of almost all of the episodes, uh, he was there almost every day, mm. which was great for the crew, great for the cast, because, you know, he's the spearhead of the show. Um, uh, having said that, you know, the two of us share the vision pretty accurately. Mm. So there's not very often that we disagree. And it's just... I think it's one of the beautiful things about our relationship is that generally we finish each other's sentences. Mm. And if he has an instinct on, you know, why we need to shoot that again, I have the same instinct. If he, if I have an instinct about a music track, he'll like it. Um, if in the edit suite, we feel like a scene's not playing or something needs to be longer, you know, he'll have the same instinct. So um, I, 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 I also feel like that reflects something that I'm most proud of on the show, which is the spirit of collaboration. Um, of course, this is a First Nations story, and of course, it will always be Warwick's story first. But what makes it really lovely is that him, he is a human being, Warwick is a human being, is absolutely there to share it and absolutely yes. there to share the, the telling of it with me. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Um, so what that meant was that creatively it was really fluid and the process wasn't vexed or difficult or, or anything like that. Um, and because we've been working on it for so many years together, uh, it, it, it flowed very organically right down to now when we're finishing off episode eight. It's, um, you know, we're kind of as tight as we're, we've ever been. And that's something that, um, yeah, as you said, it feels like we bring complementary forces that, that meet in a shared place. And that's, um, that's sort of super rewarding, really. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd like to finish this interview um, uh, by asking a question that I ask all of my guests on this podcast. Um, uh, do you watch many Australian films? Is there anything that you've uh, really enjoyed lately? I haven't watched very much at all lately. It's tough because I know that you guys are so busy and it, it's hard to catch films, obviously. You know, I watched on Netflix not long ago, Kitty Green's film. Oh, yeah. Casting. Yeah. The, the Jean Bonnet film. It's a film not set in Australia. It's yes. a film um, set in the States. But I think she is a super director mm-hmm. and has got a very, very distinct voice and like really, really exciting to look out for. I'm really thrilled about that. Yeah. The other thing that I, the last, the last film I saw in the cinema, which is to do with COVID more than anything else, um, was the dry, which oh, yes. you know, it was just so great to see a you know a big scale mystery like that, mm. um, you know, in such deft hands with Rob Connolly told so well, you know, and yeah. and so many great Aussie Aussie cast in it as well, like mm. actually, you know, a, a, a really well uh, told story in the hands of an ensemble cast is super satisfying. So I actually yeah, had a little tear in my eye when I saw uh, Bruce Spence and Eric Banner on the screen at the same time in in that movie. I mean, two icons of Australian cinema together. I'm sure, I'm sure. And just, you know, also just thinking about all the years Rob's been Rob's been in the world and Rob's been in the industry, just to sort of see it come together like that in a film that just felt so mature and so well handled. I'm not surprised it's, it's had the success it's had. Yeah. Uh, put Wormwood Apocalypse at the top of your list just for uh, Chantal. I must do that. <laughs> I must do that. <laughs> um, uh, Brennan, it's been fantastic chatting with you. Uh, congratulations on this series. Um, thanks for taking the time to join the Cinema Australia podcast. Matthew, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.